Welcome to Episode 2 of the J. Liberty Podcast. This episode is called Administrative Rules and the Reigns Act. First, let's go over what administrative rules are. Individual government agencies at the federal and the state levels make their own rules. To an extent, this is the way things have to be. It would be impractical for Congress to approve rules about staff birthday parties or turning the lights off at 7 instead of 6 in a government building. On the other hand, it's clearly not very democratic for an agency to just make their own rules without congressional oversight. Agencies get around this undemocratic problem by having public opinion hearings prior to major or controversial rule changes. The problem here is that agency heads aren't accountable directly to voters through elections processes. If they don't hear your opinion at a public opinion hearing, you can't just vote them out next time as you could with a congressperson. They are often appointed by the executive branch. In a lot of cases, they are agency heads are appointed by the governor or by the president directly. And at the federal level, usually that means they have to be confirmed by Congress. Um, but that isn't always difficult to do and usually splits along party lines. States have different rules, depending on the state, about how those people come to power and whether or not they have to be confirmed by the legislature. So at the federal level especially, Congress regularly outsources rulemaking. And if you think about it, why wouldn't they? If you could escape some of the accountability of your job, but still make money and still look good to your boss, you would probably do that until you were caught, until your boss said, it looks like you're trying to avoid accountability. But this is exactly what Congress people are doing. They are making a law that says this and this and this must happen, and we're creating this agency, and this agency will be headed by the director of such and such agency, and that director will make decisions about how the agency operates. And they get the benefit of, in the public square, of saying, I have created this agency to do X, Y, and Z. They get the benefit of being able to say, look what I've done, and pat themselves on the back, and they even get the benefit of saying, look at what this agency is accomplishing that I was a part of creating. But they're not involved in the day-to-day decision-making. And again, I don't think they should be involved in staff birthday parties at those agencies. But when you're talking about spending hundreds of millions of taxpayer dollars, and when you're talking about changing how people's lives are regulated by the government, that should be in the hands of many at the congressional level. That should not be an agency head and their employees' decision to make those rules about spending taxpayer dollars and about affecting people's lives. So right now, this gives unaccountable government agencies broad authority to effectively write law within the confines of existing law. So a lot of times when agencies are created or revamped by law, Congress will set certain parameters, but they're pretty broad and vague and then Laws within that basically are set as administrative rules. How those laws are carried out and how they choose to operate and who they give permits to, that sort of thing, are often decided inside the executive branch agency itself. So we see this with the ATF. Alcohol, tobacco, and firearms can make a rule about what is an illegal firearm component, and it becomes illegal because they have that rulemaking authority assigned to them by Congress. The DEA pretty regularly does the same thing by rescheduling drugs. They can say, this drug doesn't belong on this schedule. It needs to be more restricted, more protected, and they will move it to a different schedule. 
And they don't have to have congressional approval to do that because they've already been granted the broad authority to make those kind of decisions by Congress. So how does this impact individuals and businesses in the U.S.? Um, I wrote an article that was published on the 1st of August of 2021 about the different branches of government and what their roles are supposed to be. So if you want to look a little more into this, that would be a good place to start. Um, as with executive orders at the, from the president or from a governor, administrative rules undermine the democratic process by putting all of the power into fewer hands. And in this case, it's probably even worse because they're unelected hands. So the way that many laws at the federal and state levels are interpreted and put into practice are determined by these unelected public officials. Um, a lot of times, again, they're, they're appointed by a president or a governor. If there is a public hearing, those who make the decisions aren't obligated to follow the consensus of the people. Furthermore, they will only listen to those who attend such a hearing. The squeaky wheel gets the grease, as they say. And let's be honest, when was the last time either of us attended a public hearing for an administrative rulemaking session? The livelihoods of individuals and small business owners are at stake. From the type of gun you're allowed to have to how much an alcohol sales permit costs for a bar to purchase one, it could be the difference in the American dream and the impossible. Yet, we treat administrative rules with a cavalier disregard, barely even noticing their existence as we beg Congress to change the laws. The RAINS Act has been introduced several times, most recently reintroduced in the 2021 Congress by Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky. It's called the Regulations from the Executive in Need of Scrutiny Act. If enacted into law, this bill would expand the Congressional Review Act of 1996, which allows Congress to issue resolutions that nullify um, federal agency administrative rules. Um, the RAINS Act would instead require agencies to get permission first before making the major rule change. So it's kind of the equivalent of instead of yelling at the 16-year-old for driving mom's car after he drives it, let's change the policy in the house and say the kid needs to ask permission before he's allowed to drive the car. Prior to this introduction, uh, the RAINS Act has been introduced five other times in Congress without success getting stuck in committee and not receiving a full floor vote. So from the Library of Congress, here's a little bit of information about the RAINS Act. The bill revises provisions relating to congressional review of agency rulemaking to require federal agencies promulgating rules to 1. identify and repeal or amend existing rules to completely offset any annual costs of new rules to the U.S. economy, and two, publish information about the rules to the Federal Register and include in their reports to Congress and to the Government Accountability Office a classification of the rules as major or non-major rules, and complete a copy of the cost-benefit analysis of the rules, including an analysis of any jobs added or lost differentiating between public and private sector jobs. A major rule is any rule that the Office of Information and Regulatory Affairs of the Office of Management and Budget finds has resulted in or is likely to result in 1. An annual cost on the economy of $100 million or more adjusted annually for inflation, 2. A major increase in costs or prices for consumers, individual industries, federal, state, or local government agencies, or geographic regions, or 3. Significant adverse effects on competition, employment, investment, productivity, innovation, or the ability of U.S.-based enterprises to compete with foreign-based enterprises. So we see here this is not an extreme measure. 
This is preventing government agencies from spending $100 million or more per year, inflation-adjusted, on a rule. And this would be asking them to ask Congress first before making that rule change. It also looks at rules that have adverse effects that are significant on competition, employment, investment, productivity, innovation. So this is not controversial. This is something that everyone should support. Why would a government agency be able to, at a whim, spend over $100 million a year or make rules that, uh, you know, have significant adverse effects on competition or employment or investment or productivity or innovation without congressional oversight. Why would it, why would it be the case like it is now that they can make those rules and then Congress has to go back and undo them rather than saying you need to ask before you make a major rule like this. Congress is supposed to be in charge of not the day-to-day operations of the government, but the overall operations of the government and what the laws and and rules are that, that govern the government and that govern the people in the country. It is not supposed to be individual government agencies writing the law, which is effectively what we have now. At the time of this recording, the active version of the bill, Senate Bill 68, has not yet been considered by a committee despite being introduced in January of 2021, about eight months ago. Uh, Among the sponsors are, of course, Rand Paul and 29 other senators. Um, None of them are Democrats. Limiting the unchecked power of government should be everyone's concern, though. I found one possible reason the Democrats may not be getting behind this bill, other than just pure partisanship. Environmental groups are often against the RAINS Act because it takes away rulemaking and spending authority from agencies such as the EPA. To protect a newly endangered species overnight, the EPA would have to be able to say, this is now endangered, it's illegal to hunt them, be within 100 feet of them, and so on. And they couldn't do that with the RAINS Act in place. But this is precisely what the RAINS Act is intended to do. Stop immediate lawmaking by executive branch agencies. Individual government agencies shouldn't have absolute authority and should need permission from Congress to act in order to properly represent the people. And if protecting an endangered species costs $100 million a year, yeah, that should definitely be looked at by Congress rather than just made a law, made a rule by uh, EPA officials. There's no such thing as an idea so good that it needs to be enforced. So if we urgently need to protect a species, Congress can have an emergency vote to add it to the endangered species list. The president could even call a special congressional session if they aren't currently in session uh, to have a vote like that. You could even write your congressperson and say, please immediately protect this type of bird or mammal or fish. Once they receive enough of those requests from their constituents, their voters, they'll act. They'll write a bill to protect that species. The same applies to other environmental policy. If it's a good enough idea to protect that river over here or spend tax dollars protecting people from radiation in that area over there, let it go to a congressional vote. If voters show their support, Congress will push it through. And just as with all other agencies, the RAINS Act wouldn't tie the hands of the EPA completely. They could still make non-major rules. They could spend smaller amounts of money than $100 million a year to change their messaging. For example, to promote wildlife conservation or to promote saving water. The RAINS Act would only require agencies, including the EPA, to ask for permission from Congress to make substantial laws that seriously impact the people or spend large amounts of money. 
Environmental groups have long relied on administrative rules to protect their causes. And while I don't refute that we need to protect the environment, the way you do something matters. Going about the right thing the wrong way without accountability to the public is not an acceptable way to accomplish something. It's time we involve Congress in the process of taking our environment seriously, not just allowing a federal agency to do it on their own. Without the RAINS Act, Congress members will continue to outsource their decision-making authority and their accountability to people who are appointed, not elected. This means more rule writing without the benefit of representation. We've done this long enough. So contact your senators and representatives and ask them to support the RAINS Act. With six RAINS Acts being introduced, they should know what it is right away. 30, but not all, Republicans have sponsored it. So even if your senators are Republicans, it's important to show your support. It's also important to show your Democratic senators that even as someone who wants to protect our environment, you would support moving rulemaking back to its rightful place in Congress. You can keep track of this bill at govtrack.us slash congress slash bills slash 117 slash S68. I will put that link in the show notes. Thank you for listening. This has been the J Liberty Podcast. Find more of what I have to say at jliberty.org. That's the letter J and the word liberty.org.